Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Hallelujah. Amen. Look over here in the book of Revelations. When, where God wants to take you is where you belong. And I like the lyrics in the song today. He talked about another chance. Come on now. If you lived long enough, you need another chance. Well, I just had a few of them that need another chance. Praise God. Now, um, in this life, there is, um, there is always um, correction, realignment, and then moving forward. Amen. And correction and realignment in moving forward is a manifestation of our willingness to change. Amen. Now, when we get into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not so much John, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the, Jesus is recorded in preaching the kingdom. And he says to experience where God wants to take you, you have to change. A good friend of mine, Dale Tillett, I've known Dale for probably over 30. I've known him as long as I've been married to Pastor Cynthia. He's one of the first men I met at Church on the Rock. Dale and I worked at the Corps of Engineers together for several years before he retired, and then I eventually retired. He said, he said Keith and and he's been with Dr. Jacobs over 40 years. He's one of Dr. Jacobs' main intercessors at that church. And he's probably been with him longer than anybody in ministry, including me. And Dale Tillett said, most people never change. And the reason why most people never change is because change is not preached. You never get a manifestation that you don't preach. If you don't teach healing, nobody in your church is going to get healed. I'm going to say that again. If you don't teach healing, nobody in your church will ever get healed. If you don't teach people how to live in homes and teach children how to be obedient, the home will be dysfunctional. We have to be taught for the purpose of correction and realignment. Amen. And one of the reasons the scriptures are given is because we have to change. Simply put, y'all, something happened to us. <laughs> Amen. Something happened to us. Whether you know it or not, something happened to us. None of us are living on the level where God wants us. And he sent his son, Jesus, to be the author of realignment so that man could come back to the place where he belonged. One of the scriptures in the Bible says, Satan have blinded the minds of people so that the glorious light of the gospel, which is the gospel of change, does not shine unto them. So we think they stay the same, but they don't. Isaiah, I believe is Isaiah 60 or 61, it says to the church, rise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. But gross darkness covers the people. But his light shall be seen upon you. 
Matthew, book of Matthew, I believe it's over in the, in the, in the Beatitude sermon. He says, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth. If people are going to find their way, it's because you change first. You change first and you show them an example of what men created in the image of God ought to look like. So when that happens, the church doesn't look like the world. That we have a standard of living, amen, praise God, and we live that way to be a witness to them because without that, they don't have a light. Amen, that's why the church can't do the same thing worldly people do. Come on now, praise God. They, when, they, when they get ready for some type of different direction in their life, at least there's a light somewhere that they can see, somebody that they can get in contact with and say, you know what, I want to do something different with my life, and your life is so different than my surroundings, that's the reason why I called you. Yeah. Amen. The Bible said we got to be ready to give an answer to people the reason why we live the way we live. I got up this, reason, I got up this morning and came here for a reason, and it's not because I'm the pastor. I want to say it like Peter said it, because you have the words of eternal life. You have words, Jesus, that produce life. I know what death is like. I know what depression is like. I know what sickness is like. I know what confusion is like. I know what shortage is like. I know what family dysfunction is like, and I didn't like it. Amen, I didn't like it. And I called upon the name of the Lord. Because somebody said to me, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall get delivered from depression, suicidal thinking, sickness and disease, lack and poverty, family destruction and dysfunction. Amen. That there was another level you could go to where there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I didn't come this morning because of Dr. Euphrane said most pastors die broke and sick because they have been properly trained for eternal life. They've been properly trained. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. God told man in the book of Genesis, if you walk away from me, you're going to die. If you walk away from me, death means separation. If you walk away from me, the glory on you is getting ready to leave. You walk away from me, the wealth on your life is getting ready to leave. You know that peace you got, that's going to leave too. You know that joy you got, that's going to leave too. You know that good looking woman you got, <laughs> she can leave you too. <laughs> if you walk away from me, you get to have drama that you don't even know about. And somehow he did it anyway. Why? Because the thing about us, we have to be tempted to sin. We have to be tempted to walk away from God. We have to have help to leave what God called our first estate. The first estate is the place where God puts you. We have to have help leaving that. The reason why there's no redemption for Satan, I love Jesse Planets when he said that. He said, nobody helped the devil to sin. He was created perfect, 
and he decided he wanted something that didn't belong to him. And that was the first time covetousness took place on the planet. It was the first time it ever happened. We got to have help. Amen. That's why sin ain't your fault. Amen. Sin is not your fault. Decided not to, come on now, that's right, somebody heard me. Now see, if you read the Bible, it's not your fault. If you're crazy, it ain't your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Amen. That's why God is willing to forgive you of all of them. You didn't make yourself a sinner, Adam did. Amen. But God is ready to make you righteous this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Like as white as snow. Though your sins be like scarlet, I will wash you white as snow and make you righteous. Amen. So in order to transition from what Adam did to you and to go into what Jesus did for you, you have to be willing to go. And Brother Caleb said, we want to change this morning. He said, God, take us somewhere. <laughs> but God can't take you. Anywhere you don't want to go. You have to realize Satan didn't drag Adam into sin. He promised him a pretty picture without God. Amen. <laughs> it's so many people living with this pretty picture without God today. And the Bible said the end there of his destruction. Amen. But Jesus guarantees his picture. He stands behind his. Matter of fact, he lived it for you and proved to you it worked. Amen. He proved to you you can come out of destruction. Proved to you that you can come out of sickness and come out of darkness and come out of depression. He proved that you can even come out of hell, but don't try it. Because <laughs> he went there for you. Amen. He proved that the cross couldn't stop him. He proved that the grave couldn't stop him. He proved that hell wasn't big enough. And the Bible said God now has highly exalted him and seated him in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And he said he set you there too. But the question is, do I feel the same way Jesus feels this morning? Do I feel seated like him this morning? Do I feel like I have dominion this morning? Do I feel power this morning? Do I feel glory this morning? Do I feel honor this morning? Do I feel power this morning? Do I feel riches this morning? Do I feel majesty this morning? Do I feel glory this morning? Then that means I'm disconnected from something I'm supposed to be in. Caleb said, God, want to take us somewhere this morning. Where is he trying to take you? Back to your glory? Back to your riches? Back to your honor? Back to your glory and might and dominion and power? But I got to be willing to change to go there. You got to change to get high. I'm not talking about the, well, praise God. <laughs> yes, you do. You got to change to do weed. If you had never done it before. Sin requires change. Yes, it does. If you ain't never stole before, you got to change to steal. 
You got to get a mindset, even though it's not mine and I'm not paying for it, I got to get a mindset to taking it is all right. I got to change the way I think. You got you to change to be an adulteress. I'm preaching good right now. You married and you made a commitment to somebody else. The devil's got to get you, convince you, this is going to be pleasure. This is going to be fun. Don't they look good? Don't y'all play with me in here. Don't you, act, don't you act like you ain't been in the world. You got to change your taste buds to drink MD 2020 and Jack Daniels. Stuff is nasty. You can't drink it straight to start off with. You got to mix it with something. You got to change your taste buds and your body has got to be ready to get all this nasty stuff so you got to coat it with something. You got to be in a group to drink some of that nasty stuff because in your own self, you wouldn't go down and get it by yourself. You don't get high by yourself the first time. You don't get drunk by yourself the first time. You can't fornicate by yourself. Somebody has got to get you in that. Say amen that you got to change to be a sinner, to be a good one anyway. That's why he says they got to get darker and darker. But I decided I want to go the other direction. <laughs> After a while, I guess this whole dog, you be wondering. <laughs> Is anybody out there? <laughs> it gets so dark. I'm so lonely. Got no friends no more. It can get real, dog. But if you experience darkness, Jesus offering a, 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 a total opposite, diametrically opposed solution to life. He said the path of the righteous just keeps getting brighter and brighter. He, the other Caleb said, God's trying to take you somewhere. He's trying to make it bright for you. He's trying to give you a future. He's trying to give you a hope. He's trying to give you an assurance that the goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. It's going to get better. Trials may come. Pressure may come. But the Lord has delivered you out of all of them. You are more than a conqueror. You are triumphant in Christ Jesus. But you got to be willing to walk with God. And that requires change. That requires change. And to go from darkness to light is a redemption. Because... If God is our creator and he is light and in him is no darkness at all, why do I have any? I got one good. Don't act like you ain't got no darkness. Every time you lie, that's darkness. Every time you do something in the corner, in the booth, in the dark, that's darkness. And every time you partake of something that God didn't create on your social media, your, or your media, your media uh, plethora, device or plethora, every time you feed off something dark off there, you're playing with darkness. My Bible said, come out from among them. 
Do we want to go somewhere? Do we, do we want to be a wilderness church? Keep dressing up. Keep coming on Sunday morning, but there's nothing changed. Nothing really changed. I still partake of the same things I partake of. I still partake of people that I shouldn't be partaking of. Amen. I'm coming. Praise God. Because I want to go somewhere. I believe there's a whole nother level. I believe in redemption. I believe in the place he made for me. Amen. He said this morning, every time God takes you somewhere, it's a flow. Houses that you didn't build, vineyards that you didn't plant, gold and silver is good. Hallelujah. Amen. He's never taken people somewhere where there wasn't an overflow. Amen. He's trying to take us this year. But you got to change. He's never taken the people that wouldn't change that though. He left a whole group in the dead. Millions. Their bones are there right now. Unmarked graves. Millions in the wilderness. I'm not taking them. And change is a hard issue. Change is a hard issue. I had to discover after pastoring so long why you couldn't make some couples work. Why can't you make these two people work? Simple. Hardness of heart. Unwillingness to change. Because I, whatever I'm doing, I like doing it. And there is no urgency to change what I'm doing. Because I can't see all my consequences and I can't see my loss. Adam should have seen the consequences. You're in Genesis chapter 1. He couldn't see his consequences. You better know your consequences. <laughs> you better know your consequences. Every choice has consequences. You better know your consequences before you make a choice. Both good and bad. You need to know what obedience is going to bring you. Yes, you do. God wants you to know both of them. That's what Deuteronomy 28 is about. Now, this is what you get if you do what I tell you. <laughs> and this is what you get if you start tripping. <laughs> and then he gave you the answer, please don't trip. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. So you have to, you have to be willing you got to be willing to change. We were, when we were born, the Bible said we were born in the sin. We were born with a sin nature, wanting to do things wrong. Most of the time, we were surrounded by a sin nature, even when we went to church. When you go to churches and the, all the choir members are sleeping around and the congregation is, the deacons cuss and drink. You ain't never been to church? You ain't never been to church here in this city? Or you act like you ain't never been? I, I ain't never left. I ain't never left. I was born in it. All the musicians like the other boys. 
I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the church that wouldn't change. <laughs> I had to realize why God would even train me in this city. Their seminaries didn't train me. Their leaders didn't train me. I don't think like this. Jesus said, whoever trained you, that's who you're going to think like. Choose your trainers well. Because if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. No, he said, I'm going to take you to Dr. Michael Jacobs. He got up in front of the church and he said, divorce is not an option for us. I'm 24 years old. I'm married to this woman right here. My home was destroyed by the time I was five years old. That's when it manifested. The devil hates homes. That's why I came to church this morning. If you can't keep your home, I don't want to hear you preach. Say amen to that. Amen. That's Bible. Because you're preaching to me something you're not doing. Why you should be changing instead of hollering and hooping. He said, if they can't take care, this is what the Bible said. If you can't take care of your house, how are you going to take care of the house of God? I'm not saying people can't repent and change. Amen. That's why I got in here talking about it. All of us need to make adjustments. People have to make adjustments. Amen. And Jesus came preaching change. Dr. Jacobs used to preach a message, change is not change if you didn't change. Because people have a way of keep going after you said something to them. They have a way of keep going and doing the same thing after you already told them. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Part of training at home, home training. That's what they used to call it when I was growing up. They could tell if your kids had home training or not. I'm not talking about today. I'm going back on you. I'm not going, I'm going back in the day. It was a thing called home training. You didn't talk back to adults. You didn't sit there and go back with your mama and your daddy. With your pamper on. You didn't do it to your aunts or to your uncles. Is anybody back from the day? Back in the day. Say amen if you from back in the day. Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah, right. If you was from the South Deep, yes, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. If you messed up, if your home training failed you at school or out in the public somewhere, if for some reason you lapsed in home training, you forgot the house you lived in and who your parents were. I'm talking about back in the day. I'm not talking about these new age parents that protect their kids when they're wrong. Well, I know it exists. I taught seventh grade. 
for one year. That's all that God wanted me to do. Come on, <laughs> come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. But anyway, back in the day, if you messed up at school and your home training lapsed, it was somebody that cared enough about you that wanted your parents to know. I know you taught them right, but they had a lapse. I remember one day I had a lapse, and it wasn't by myself. It was the tempter. It was like Flip Wilson, the devil, he made me do it. It was so bad I would not even talk about it. I very, I have never talked about it. But it was because of the group I was with. Watch your group. I said it that intense because I did. I wanted to identify with the gangsters in the classroom in the fourth grade. <laughs> I'm talking about back in the day where gangsters was in the fourth grade. <laughs> And I got with them gangsters. Jared know who I'm talking about. Jared know what I'm talking about. Jared was one of those gangsters. No, I'm just not. <laughs> oh, man, me and Jared been together our whole life. Anyway, I found myself with these gangsters. And they started talking about stuff they was getting ready to do. To prove I was tougher. I took it to the next dimension. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, what did you do? You'll never know. <laughs> Jesus has washed it away. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't you glad he done washed some of yours? Yes. <laughs> we ought to got some, we ought to got some laps up in here. There's some stuff in here. It would have been some stuff, but he washed it. Put the tide on it and washed it white as snow. Yes, I've been bleached. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was so bad that when I got busted, it was a little snitch over in the corner I didn't see him. It was a snitch in there and I didn't see him. And it was so bad, he couldn't believe it. So he went and snitched to the teacher. And I was down in the office in cuffs. <laughs> Not literally, just mentally. And then my older brother and sister passed by the office door of the principal. I had never been in the principal's office in my life. Because of my home training, I'd never been to the principal's office. But because I was with the wrong group. I'm going around the room. I was in this predicament, and I thought I was going now I was going into concealing, and I was going into hiding. And then it had to be God. He sent my brother and sister across the principal's office, and looking, they saw me in these mental cuffs. And they knew nobody goes in there unless you in trouble. So I had to make up a lie. Has anybody ever lied before? 
Don't raise your hand. Just keep looking at it. Now I got to make up a lie to cover why I was in there. And the offense was so bad, I said, I'm going to say I got in a fight because I was defending myself. Mama would support that. That's believable. That's why you get go to the office over a fight. And I was defending myself from these gangsters. That's going to be my story. When I get home, I'm sticking to it. So I got home. See, sin will take you from one. Come on now. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Cause you to pay more than you want to pay. You better get free today. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but whom the son set free, I'm glad he set me free. Yes, he did. So I got home. We having dinner. And they waited to bring it up at dinner time, because dinner time, everybody's in close proximity. Keith, what were you doing in the office today? <laughs> Blanche, that's my mom, spins around. Everybody's waiting for my answer. I had to defend myself. <laughs> I held my ground. And we threw some. And that's why I was in there. Everybody, I was defending myself. I didn't start it. I was defending myself. And then everybody started eating again. Okay, well, praise God. I said, Whew. 20 minutes, the phone rang. It's Miss Barry. I don't even know how Miss Barry got my number. I don't even know how she got my number. Every time... Anyway, I won't tell you that one because Miss Barry is my security answer on my phone. It talks about your best teacher. I always put down Miss Barry because she turned me in. She was the best teacher I had, for, best teacher I had all through school. For. Fourth grade teacher, Miss Barry. Never forget her. So uh, Miss Barry's on the phone, and there's, uh-huh, mm-hmm, going back and forth on the phone. And then finally she hang it up. She said, you weren't in the bathroom for fighting. This is what you did. I was so embarrassed. But she beat the embarrassment out of me. <laughs> it was more than a concern for my life. Back in that day, people would correct you wherever you were. Because we wanted... We're producing a product. We're producing a product. Discipleship produces a product. The gospel produces a product. Redemption produces a product. A home produces a product. Community produces a product. They're all after good character. But the gospel goes even farther. It is after our original intent. It's after the image of God. Turn over here to Genesis chapter 1. What we have to start looking like 
is what we were originally intended to be. The Bible says God will not stop working in us until he reaches his intended purpose. So as a child of God, the Holy Spirit is always going to be working in your life to produce the product of the image and likeness of God, which is demonstrated in his son, Jesus Christ. The reason why Jesus had to come, because we didn't even know what a child of God looked like. It wasn't that it wasn't religion in the earth before Jesus. There was different religions in the earth I don't know when Buddhism, I don't have the dates on it. I can look it up. And Islam and all those things started. And, but there was worship in the earth going on. When Jesus was here, there was different worship going on. Even the old covenant was enacted. And the old covenant was supposed to produce the blessing in people. A nation whose laws were righteous and the people were holy and they were supposed to be the light of the world. But they failed God. So that when Jesus showed up, the image had been wiped off the planet. Nobody knew what it was like. To be like God. And the psalmist, I believe it's over in Luke, I mean in Psalms 15, I have to find that verse. He says, you and I will not be satisfied. This life of things, this life of people, this life of accomplishments, being our satisfaction is a dead-end street. He says, you will not be satisfied until you awake in the likeness of your original creation. Like what Ron Canoli said in his song, we've been deceived by the devil too long. We need to understand what's going to satisfy you. It's not saying I do to somebody. And then get into marriage and say, I don't. I won't. It's not your next promotion. It's not millions on this congregation. It's not houses you didn't build. It's not your four wheels you just bought that are shining out there in the parking lot. Those things were not created to bring satisfaction. You need to understand what's going to make you whole and what's going to satisfy you and what's going to make you right. You need to understand that being in the image and likeness of God is all the wealth, all the joy, all the love, all the peace, all the righteousness, all the riches, all the glory you'll ever need. And all the other things are byproducts of these things. Oh, yeah, they're coming too. 
Amen. But God is not trying to work from the outside, putting stuff around you. That's not where salvation starts. Salvation starts by regenerating your spirit from a spirit of death to the image and likeness of God. Now, to begin to realize and begin to function in that life, you have to change the way you think, and that's called repentance. The Bible is designed to renew your thinking, to catch up with your spirit, to catch up with God. That's called acceleration. God wants a people like him yesterday. Amen. And the church has been moving so slow, so, so oscillating back and forth with light and darkness, light and darkness, light. God wants a people that'll just be light. And to do that, you have to change your lifestyle. You got to change your lifestyle. It's things you can no longer partake of if we go in that. I don't want to play church with anybody. It's some things we cannot partake of. And it's okay that you cannot partake of it because there's some things you can partake of. It's some things you can partake of that's going to cause you to accelerate in what God has for you. And this is a year God wants acceleration. This is a year God wants you partaking of the things that's going to move you forward, the things that's going to really satisfy you and bless your life. Look over here, and the Bible says in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens, and he created the earth. When God creates something, it's splendid. It's brilliant. It's awesome. It's breathtaking. It's passing out breathtaking. When you see what God is getting ready to do in the new heaven and the new earth, and the new Jerusalem is coming. It's sometimes our mind can't even grasp what he's getting ready to do. We just trying to make sure we get ravioli on the table this evening and check out the news at 6 and 10. That's how you live. That's just a balloon project out there. If not, somebody check it out. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. They're going to be back in the back when we get to the new anyway, Praise the Lord. Now he says right here, and the earth was without, notice it didn't say heaven was. They both are planets. Heaven and earth are both planets. They're both planets. Heaven is just where God lives. In heaven they got a city called Jerusalem of the most high God. Amen. That's what the Hebrews, book of Hebrews said. You've not come unto the mount, the canon, you've come unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. They got a Jerusalem up there. They ain't fighting in that Jerusalem either. Fighting stopped up there a long time ago. Amen. So heaven is a planet. It's got a city. It's, got, it's run. It's got, it's got streams. It's got houses. It's a city. Jesus said, when you come up here in my father's house, I'm many mansions. Come on now, a whole bunch of them. There ain't no apartments. No, they're not. There ain't no trailers. If you're in one, praise God, don't get mad at me. I'm trying to get you promoted this morning. 
They got all that up there. When you come up there, praise God. That's why nobody want to come back here once they get up there. Paul said it's unspeakable. He said, don't you write about what we got up here, Paul? All the Christians will be trying to come tomorrow. That's what he said in this Bible. And you got one up there right now. Many matches if you want to. Praise God. The earth lost its form, not heaven. Verse 2. The earth lost its form. It was void, meaning it was empty. Whatever was in it was lost. The form it had, it was gone. The light it had, it was gone. And darkness was upon it, the face of the deep. Now, this is the thing about God. He's a redeeming God. Once he makes something, he doesn't let interference or some situation, some interruption, some condition to come and change what he intended. So immediately, I don't have time to preach on the fall. Lucifer, who is Satan now, used to live on this planet before you. You have to go read the book of Isaiah and Ezekiel and find that out. And when he decided to, you already got earth. Now you want heaven too? Well, they set him on fire and threw him out. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And they threw him to the earth, and when it did, destruction came. And the whole earth went into darkness, void, and emptiness because it was his house that got towed up. God's throne is in heaven, and that's his place. And nothing was wrong with it. Not a chair was out of place. It was a fight up there, but you'd have never known it. There was not a coffee table out of place. And he threw... Lucifer and a third of the angels he tempted to disobey God threw them out. And when they hit this planet, it completely obliterated the planet and it was completely lost. But God is the God that puts things back. Come on now, come on now. Are you going to get put back today? Come on, put me back. Take me back. That's a song, take me back where I belong. I'm tired of living this falsified life with this wrong identity that somebody forced on me. I thank God for the truth of the word to let me know as Jesus is now, that's how I'm supposed to be. And without this Bible, you wouldn't know it. And without somebody preaching it, you wouldn't get it. You ought to tell, I'm going back, praise God. So God begins to put everything back in the earth, and every time he puts something back, he said, that's good. Did that good. The only, when he got to the sixth day, the only thing that was not back was a ruler and an inhabitant of the planet. And what did he say? Let us make man. We're not making no more angels. We're not making no more, more praise and worship angels. Let us make man. And let's go over here in Genesis 26. He says, and God says, let us make man because there's nobody to manage this thing. 
is nobody to run it. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. Man is supposed to be like God. Amen. He's not supposed to be jealous. He's not supposed to be envious. He's not supposed to be riotous. He's not supposed to be rebellious. He's not supposed to be dissent toward God. He's not supposed to be in fornication. He's not supposed to be in adultery. See, Jesus is married to the church. He ain't looking for nobody else. Who we looking for? He's not looking, he's not looking for anything else. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And let them have dominion. One thing a person should have is dominion. This is why Jesus said, I'm giving you your stuff back. Here, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. I'm going to give you your dominion back. You're going to speak to Corona because I gave you authority over everything. That is, I gave you, I'm putting your stuff back. I'm giving you authority of everything that creep up on the earth. Over every spirit of infirmity, over every German virus, I'm giving you authority over it. And for the church to run from it, it means that we are not in our image and we're not in the likeness that we're supposed to be in. Say man, amen to it no matter how you feel about it. Because it ain't about how you feel, it's about how you're living. That's what it's about. I want all my stuff back. I want everything back, mind back, body like it's supposed to be, money like it's supposed to be, amen, a wife like it's supposed to be, one that don't talk back. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> praise God. I don't know what come over me today. Let me, get on back in, let me get back in the Bible, praise God. It said right here, I shouldn't have preached that. Praise God. He said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. What is man supposed to do? Over all. So, when he says, no plague shall come now your dwelling. When God gives you assignment, you have to use your authority to exercise. You have to exercise that authority. And you do it the way God put things back. He spoke to it. Let them have dominion over all the earth. Which means that Satan can't move in a believer's life without their cooperation. No, 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 no. He can't move in a person's life unless they consent to a certain attitude. You deserve this attitude. You deserve to be feeling this way right now. Get hot with them. Live in unforgiveness. Don't let them get away. You're going to let them treat you like that? People have to be helped sin. The Bible said in this world, in 1 Corinthians 14, I believe it's verse 10, verse 10, in this world there are many voices. Who's talking to you? 
there are many voices and none without significance. For the woman to sin, she had to have a conversation. For Adam to disobey, there was a conversation, which means there's always a conversation before sin. And if you can't win the conversation, come on now. You standing in Kroger, somebody say, oh, you look so good today. Bet you've been looking for me your whole life. Ain't got Am Bible. Won't pray in Am Holy Ghost tongue. Don't know Am Pastor in the city. Don't know where Am Church is. Who sent that? The devil. Come on now. I got one person that's preaching with me today. The rest of you offended already. <laughs> I'm going to keep him. I don't care what you say. You only live life once. The devil knows that God has got a plan, a good plan, to give you an expected end with no evil in it. Come on now. I got a good plan. Come on now. If I got a good plan, I got a good man. And if I got a good man, I got a good woman. The devil is trying to run his deal in front of you first. And you're in a state of desperation with your biological clock that God didn't give you. So you compromise. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> yeah, Miss China, I'm going to give you your testimony right now. Miss China texts me, I just got increased. And then she hits sin on the phone. Oh! But the first offer she had was the wrong offer. They wanted you to stay at a low level, just keep moving. But this is a year of acceleration. You can't take that job. That's what we talked about. You can't take that. God's got something else. I am trying to tell you this morning that God has got something else that I have not seen nor ear heard has not entered into the heart of man, but it's prepared for you. And if you'll be patient, You got to learn how to be patient in this life. Yes, you do. You got to be patient with people. Yes, you do. You got to learn how to be patient. Listen to me now because you just got to be patient because this world has gone somewhere else. You want to walk in the spirit like you never walked before. But then something supernatural happened to her. She said, I said, I don't know about that. That's No, staying the same is not God. And she came to talk to me about the place she was working. I said, they not. She said, I'm doing this and this and this ain't even my job skills. I said, go tell them to pay you for your talent. She came, then, like, then you come to me. I said, go tell them to pay you. I said, that ain't even your job description? And you're doing it above and beyond? I mean, this is, this, I'm this is a whole other skill set. And you ought to be glad that somebody got these dual skill sets. 
Come on now, I may be helping somebody else up in here. I said, go tell them to pay you for that. They said they weren't going to do it. I said, don't we be doing now? We're leaving <laughs> on that midnight train. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> then she run into this other opportunity. I said, that's it. She said, I ain't never done that before. That's even more wonderful. <laughs> now we're talking about growth and expansion. I said, this is going to take you to a whole nother. I said, this is going to do something else. I can see it right now. And then she texted me. She said, I got my package. She said, I'm on board. All aboard. <laughs> she said, I'm on board at this new organization. With X amount increase, I ain't going to tell you what it was. But it's enough to cover the whole year. Because he's the kind of God that will bless you from the beginning of the year all the way to the end. This is not going to be a year like any of you. better get with me on this. It's a year of acceleration. We're putting things back where they belong. Dominion's coming back. Glory's coming back. Land is coming back. Houses coming back. It's a year that you ain't never seen before. And it's a land you ain't never been on before said, I know what it's like going into uncharted territory. I told her that. And God is going to help you. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you and cause you to stand out in the midst of men. Yes, it is. Come on now. We're trying to go. We say we're going somewhere. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, he said, he said they have to be blessed, and he said he blessed. He said because God created him in his own image, and in the image of God he created him male and female. Hallelujah. I'm glad we got to that part. Some people think they got to have somebody. You got the image of God without somebody. You don't need no, you are not the better half of nothing. God didn't make no half of nobody. I don't call Pastor into my better half. She's just better. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. My better half. Which means you incomplete. Right. No, the image of God is not incomplete. You see how we're going to have to keep thinking? Because some people think if ain't somebody holding on to them, they have no identity. <laughs> they won't even smile. Until they get somebody. They won't even halfway dress up right. And then, oh, but let old bay call. Jeez, I want this hat to lay down. No. You somebody... You're not externally confident. You are internally confident. That's why you're going to walk on that job. I mean, act like you don't know nothing because the Holy Ghost is with you. And there's people anointed to help you there. You're going to excel. Yes, you are. Tell it, Jesus. 
So he creates this man, and this man falls. He falls, and, and immediately he begins to lose everything that God gave him. You need to know the consequences of disobedience so that you can begin to live a life without if God says don't be unequally yoked together, then why are you yoking? Because you have to understand one of the greatest challenges of humanity is change. You're not going to change nobody. You have to understand the greatest call on humanity is change. And change comes from a regenerated heart. reading about redemption and God says I'm going to give you a new heart look over in Ezekiel 36 come on now I want to be able to flow with God come on now look over here in Ezekiel yeah Ezekiel 36 I want to be able to flow with God but you can't flow with God without a heart of change over here in Ezekiel 36 this is a prophetic promise God promised. In Ezekiel 36, uh, Adam falls, and the first thing he loses is the ability to be like God. And for the first time in his life, he's afraid. The first time in his life he experienced not just the spirit of fear, but the emotion of fear. It hit his soul. Man had never known what it was like to be afraid. The book of Hebrews, I believe it says that men all their lifetimes were subject to the bondage of fear. Fear is a bondage. To be afraid is torment. It's telling you it's an alarm telling you the destruction is coming. My Bible said he's redeemed you from all destruction. Yes, he did. And the Bible said the redeemed of the Lord must say so. Come on now. You got to keep saying, Caleb said we're going somewhere today. I tell you where you're going, you're going to redemption. But you always say where you are going. You had to say I'm coming to church today. I sure hope you didn't say you were going to watch the Titans. No, excuse me. I didn't pray. Let me get back in my message again. Praise God forever. This is what I'm trying to say. You have to say where you're going. I wish the Titans had said they're going to the Super Bowl. But anyway, praise God. Praise God. Don't get mad at me if that's your favorite team. You always got next year. All right. Look at what it's saying right here. Ezekiel 36, 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness, nestnesses, and from all your idols, things you thought were going to change your life, will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. So God reached in and took out the old heart. We call it being born again. And if you prayed the prayer, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. I believe you're the son of God. 
and that God raised you from. You get a new heart. But the next thing you have to do is renew your mind. The reason why I think different, I spend time renewing my mind. It's not that I don't get challenges. It's not that the spirit of fear don't try to come to me. But the Bible said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. So I know when fear tries to come, something else, it's a new belief system that's trying to come. Normally, it'll try to come about your health, relationships, family. It'll try to come about your career, your finances. Anything that is detrimental to your well-being, it will try to come. It'll even try to come with the weather. All kinds of things. You're not going to have enough money. It is fear that the abundant life that Jesus promised is going to evade you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Well, Adam got that the moment he sinned. He lost the nature of God and took the nature of the one he obeyed. Now, you can, now, sinner can't do that anymore. You can't change natures because you listen to the enemy and make a mistake. You can't lose nature, but you will live with his influence. You'll live with his influence. And fear will be a part of that person's life, even though they are Christian. And everybody's going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And you're going to have to say you're redeemed. You're going to have to study redemption. You're going to have to get to the place where you know that I, if I've been redeemed from all destruction, it don't belong in my life. So I'm redeemed from my house being blown over. And I'm going to speak to this wind with this dominion that he gave me. See, without the word, you don't even know how to function in the image of God. That's why you need me to teach you the word, and you need to be paying attention because you're going to need it someday. You're going to need it someday if you're planning on uh, being a parent and having children. You're going to need it someday if you have a mate and, and something tries to attack their body. You're going to have to exercise your dominion at your house. You know why? Because I got a house. You're going to have to exercise dominion if you play it on raising teenagers. And, 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 and praise God. I say amen to that. Praise God. Y'all got it coming. I'm glad y'all on the front row. Praise God. Hallelujah. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Don't let them hang around people that don't have your culture and your values. Come out from among them. Pick their friends for them. Don't let your children pick their own friends. They're going to pick the gangsters like I did in the fourth grade because peer pressure is the number one pressure for young people. They will violate family values and cultures and rules to be friends with their group. Know that group. You shouldn't have friends that your parents don't know. I'm ready to go out with my friends. Who is that? Amen. You're the parents say, who? And I'm going to. If I don't know who, then I'm going to. And if I find over that, get over there, and I get over it, and it's the original OGs over there, I'm shutting this whole thing down. Won't I shut it down? You right here. I shut it down right in the middle of the street. I stopped tracking you. Oh, no! 
right in the middle of the street. I don't care. This is what I pampered. This is what I taught how to walk. This is what I taught how to talk. This is what I raised and fed and bathed and cleaned and educated. And if you think for one minute, I'm just going to throw all of that away. Evil communications, corrupt good manners, all that training and all that lunch money and all those school clothes. Elsa. You think I'm playing? I am not. Because if you don't fix it, those demons are coming to your house. Be standing up in your house talking about who you talking to. Where did that come from? All right, I'm trying to help you. Amen. If the devil got in Adam's house, you need to go home and read Matthew chapter 12. He's trying to get in your house. What time is it, man? See, this is the thing. We got to cover so much material. We're going to be off tomorrow. We're going to be off Tuesday. And Wednesday, some of y'all ain't even coming back. No, you're not. At least be watching online so we can move as a unit. I have four more minutes. A new heart. Somebody say, I got a new heart. Then I got a new way to walk. Then I got a new way to talk. I got a new way to live. Amen. God is doing a new thing in me. A new thing is something you ain't seen before. Come on, now. If it's a new, then it's a new attitude. Amen. We shouldn't see the attitudes, the old ones, when you was the original OG. We shouldn't see that now when you're the new king in the Christ. Amen. He said, a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the rock. I take it all hard. Can't nobody tell me what to do. Who is it talking to me? I had a seventh grader tell me that one time. I said, I got about a son your age. Who are you talking? I said, I'm talking to you. I said, you never had a man correct you, have you? Your mama been playing with you for 12 years, ain't she? The whole class listening to it. That's why I couldn't teach but one year. I got a son your age and daughter's older than you. They would never talk to me like that. Your mama raised you, didn't she? Now, my mama, she was a mama that put it on me. Single parent mamas, you got a big job ahead of you. I'm just, I'm being a pastor this morning. My mom had raised four children all by herself be the spiritual leader, be the spiritual guide, be the corrector. You got a big job ahead. Because then when they get old, they want to act like they're grown. I got 15. I couldn't take no more whoopings. I said, Mama, that's just, let's just talk this out. 
This is embarrassing. <laughs> You're becoming a man. You're moving from child. And mamas don't understand this sometimes. <laughs> All them whoopings is over with. That's why you need a man around the house. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. You need a man around the house. You can't be whipping grown kids. Stand up back there, uh, Juantez, since you're smiling. <laughs> you must be one of them grown kids getting a whooping. Stand, no, no, I didn't tell you to sit down. Stand up. Stand up, Carlita. See there. You see what I'm talking about? Now, Juantez. About his age, and I'm just using this, it's yes, ma'am. About his age, it's yes, ma'am. Because the height and size difference, it doesn't lend itself long. You down here whooping somebody. And he's a fine young man. He's at church with his mother sitting there. Amen. And men obedient and doing a wonderful job. Just go ahead and just thank you. Go ahead and sit back down. Praise God. I'm just trying to see if somebody he could still get a whooping. See if it's a, well, they're out in the classroom. All the whooping sides are still out in the classroom. Amen. You got to get to a place where you train. Yeah, stand up, Miss Latanya. She got, she got her grandson with her. That's just loving size there. That is not whooping size. That's loving size. That's just loving size. Look at it. No trouble at all. Huh? I can't hear you. Ask Caleb to stand up. Caleb, stand up. Your mom wants you to stand up. Caleb, stand up. Why do you want him to stand up? Because you can still whip him. <laughs> See, this is the mother I'm trying to tell you not to be. This is the whole point. It's the whole point of the message. This is the mother you're not supposed to be. You can't whip grown men anymore. <laughs> so you train when they are young. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes you can't do something else with your life anymore. And when you're a single parent, I call my mama a champion. She my champion. Yes, she is. They still shooting out there. <laughs> but we ain't scared. But anyway, praise God. Yes, she is. She took me to church. She put me in suits and ties took me to church and told me to get an education, told me to live right, corrected me. She did all those things. And she did it without a man being there to really help her. But it's not an easy job. And I'm talking about the image and likeness of God is family. He created them male and female man and woman and husband and wife and what God put together. That God put together. Let no man put asunder. Children need both of their parents. I'm just talking like that. 
It's just where I'm, that's the road I'm on. And when I met Dr. Jacobs, I wanted to believe in family so bad. I did. When the image is wrong in front of you, all you can do is live the image that's given to you. You don't even have the power to change it until you get a new image. You just think this is it. We want to celebrate, but we got to change. If we're going to change, we got to find the image. We got to find the right image. We got to find the right pattern that works and that God gave us. And the pattern is in his word. The pattern is in leadership. This is why he says, I need you leaders to keep your homes so that at least somebody can see the image of family when they come to church. That's where I saw it. My pastor got up and says, you can have this church, you can have my ministry, you can have my house, my money, my car, but you can't have my wife and my children. I never forgot that. I will never tell a man to leave his home. That's your bloodline. How can you walk off and leave your bloodline? Well, they don't even know it is because nobody's even taught them. I decided to teach you it's the mama's baby. It is. Until they get a certain age. And they said a mighty man. Well, my mama had to be mighty. Sometimes you women, you're going to have to be mighty. You better get strong. You have to get strong and you have to tell what's right. It's not easy either. It's not easy. Faith don't make it easy. Faith makes it possible. It's possible to do it. There have been many days with Pastor Cynthia, I had to look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help come from the Lord that made heaven and earth. I may be the only man that looked, but at least I had somewhere to look. Right. Amen. Amen. Challenges come to your home. Yes, they do. Because the devil don't want you to establish the image of God in your house. He wants to take the collections of the false images you've collected over a lifetime and bring it into your house and try to make a home with it, and it won't work. I had to tell Pastor Cynthia, I'm done. I said, where you was raised ain't going to work in our house because your mama carried a gun, <laughs> and that's how y'all stayed in line. Y'all didn't want to get shot. Now, I'm not recommending that. Praise God. But it worked on her. She was so scared of her. Anyway, praise God, I may have to pay for that down the road somewhere. <laughs> but I love her mama. Her mama was something else. Her mama loved me. Yes, her mama loved me. Until I didn't give her my antifreeze one day. <laughs> and it was zero outside. I'm talking. But I said, we can't use my values in my home either. Got married, we moved to Indiana. We were starting brand new. 
brand new town. We didn't know anybody. Thank God we met Dr. Jacob. We just said we're going to take this Bible. That's what we said. Churches I went to, they didn't teach me hardly anything. The only thing I knew when I was with an engineering degree working with a Fortune 500 company was the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures and beside the restful waters he leads me and restores my soul. I just knew the 23rd Psalm. Anytime I got in trouble, I'd say the Lord is my shepherd. Anytime the spirit of fear come to the Lord, that's all they quit me. Then I met Dr. Jacobs and I found out how you let this word build a new image in you. That's how you're going to fail in this life. And I told Cynthia, we're not going to pattern our homes after either home we came out of. We're going to pattern our home after the word of God. It takes time to build the image of Christ in both man and woman. But the sooner you start, the better it will be for your house and for your children. God was saying, build the image now so that you and your children might live. What we're going back to is the image and likeness of God demonstrated in the life of Jesus Christ. And it takes hours to teaching, hours to preaching, hours to counseling, hours and hours and hours of time. You have to fulfill the commandment to renew your mind so that you can prove out it's God's will for you to live just like Jesus is living right now. In heaven, as it is in heaven, so let it be in the earth. You get some help today. Yeah. Well, just lift your hands.